top of the morning, Mr. Sean Mark Nipper. How are you today, Mr. Joseph? Mr. Joseph. (laughs) One of these days we'll know who's on the other end of the podcast. Right, exactly. This is Photo Joseph, right? This is. is, You are correct. Hey, I'm fabulous because it's Tuesday. We're a day late here recording, which incidentally, if nobody had figured out yet, we kind of shifted it from Friday to Monday. Um, But then to Tuesday, because I went camping this weekend with the family and it was wonderful. You slept on the ground? Well, okay, that part of it actually kind of sucked because the sleeping pad that I had was no good. And I had probably one of the worst nights sleep ever the night before last, but it was... It was still a lot of fun. We were up at Lake of the Woods. The weather was flawless. It's it perfect. Was we are having the best summer ever here right now. We really are. I feel like we are making up, nature is making up for last summer, last year's summer, which was a complete and the one total before, bust. And the one before. Yeah, we've had some doozies with the uh, the smoke, but last year was particularly bad. I mean, last year, I felt like we just got ripped off. We had yeah. basically no summer. Seriously. Total jib. But this year, ooh, making up for it. It's been good. Did you have the app, the uh, the air quality app, like dinging every five minutes? Like, yeah, you should probably stay inside forever. Yeah, last year, yeah, I sure did. And this year, every time it, I get a daily alert, and it's like, oh look, it's it's fabulous. It's they should just come up and say it's fabulous outside. Get out of the house. <laughs> right, yeah, what are you doing in front of that computer? Get out of there! All right? Why are you looking at this alert? Get outside. So you were so, up at Lake of the Woods. What uh, what kind of activities were you doing besides not getting any sleep? Um, well, the, we were out on the lake, uh, friends of ours were up th- that we were up there with have paddle boards. So we were enjoying those. I, for the first time was on a paddle board and tried to do the whole stand up thing and, and did reasonably well standing up on it. Um, there's a lot of boat activity in that lake. So the, there's a lot of wakes and for someone who's not accustomed to it, it was a little hard to keep my balance, but my four-year-old found it riveting every time I fell off. He thought that was about the funniest <laughs> thing ever. I wish he could have filmed it. That'd have been great. But you, interestingly enough, I was just down the road from you at Fish Lake with my paddleboard. Oh, there you go. With my four and a half year old son. And uh, he decided that he wanted to stand up. And when he stands Ooh. up, I get tossed. That's how, that's how it works. Interesting. So pretty much the same thing happened, I think, this weekend for the both of us. <laughs> that's cool a good way to spend the weekend. Fish Lake, there's only a 10 mile an hour speed limit for all boats. And so there's okay. no nobody ripping by you. So it's kind of nice. So then what is your excuse? Because mine was the wake. Uh, core balance, need works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got out camping too. It was, it was definitely good. Definitely good. Indeed. Hey, what did you do last week? Cause I did a lot last week, but I want to hear what you did. Oh, you know, I've been standing in front of this computer, uh, editing, creating titles, working for the college. I'll be doing that for some time. So yeah, doing a lot of that. What do you do your titles in? Uh, you know, so I, I would love to be able to do my titles in fusion since I can use DaVinci Resolve and just do one-stop shopping. Oh, right. Uh, I forgot you're, you're completely... working mostly with Resolve now, right? Not yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but fusion is completely a different monster and I would love to know after effects. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, all the things that you can do, but I basically just pull down templates that have titles that are already pre-created and I just change, you know, whatever the dialogue needs to be and then render and then import. So it's kind of a, kind of a long journey, but, um, at least I'm not having to send my stuff from premiere to black magic to color and then back. So that's the only round trip. And then there are some things that you can get, uh, some pre-done titles in fusion that you can purchase, but, um, they're just not as flashy. And I know that fusion has a lot of capabilities. I just haven't taken the time to dip into that yet. It's a node-based 
motion graphics app, isn't it? Right, right. And you know, you look at the 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 graph, and it makes sense. Like, here's the here's the the clip. Here's what I'm going to do to it. And here's what's going to go on top of that. Here's what's going right. to go on top of that. And you link everything, and then here's the output. I get it. I just you know, I, I think my problem is I don't know what paints I can use to paint my picture. Does that make sense? Right. It's like, yep. I don't know yep. what the capabilities are. So I'm still stunted there. Um, and so, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm coming along. I have done a couple things in there as far as some titles. Um, and it does come with actually a, uh, a bunch of titles pre-done, but they're super basic. So if you right. want anything flashy, you got to go out to After Effects. At least I do for now. Yeah, no, fair enough. You know, it's, you know, well, first of all, you said that um, you're going to do your After Effects, you download the template, you do your effect, you render it out and then drop that in to um, into resolve. I, I don't think that's necessarily an unusual workflow. I think that's pretty common, even for those who use Premiere and are uh, potentially round tripping to After Effects. I think it's not that uncommon to just go in After Effects and output a movie file. Right, it's easy right. enough to re-render the movie file from After Effects or from whatever you're using, and it just replaces the one that's on the sure. timeline. Sure. And I know at least with Final Cut, as long as the duration of the clip that you're replacing doesn't change, then, and even sometimes if it does change, it still works out okay. But yeah. if it doesn't change, then it just sees the new file and reads it, and that's it. Right. That's one thing I don't like about Premiere is if I have to change any audio, I have to go out to Audition, make my changes. And then once I've done that, I can't change the length of that clip. I can't make any you know stylistic decisions after that. It's done. And so right. either do your stuff before. And that's the problem. I get distracted with Premiere. I'll go like, oh, I want to try the color. I want to try the sound. And so I'm bouncing back and forth where DaVinci Resolve is laid out very smoothly to, you know, you ingest your media, you edit, you color, you do the audio, and then you output. So I like it a lot. Good, good. It's very powerful. And I, you know, I sat through a couple of uh, training sessions at NAB this year. And on Resolve because I really wanted to give it a try and I was very impressed with it. Absolutely. And I got home and I downloaded it and started to run it and immediately I ran into a color issue in on screen where what I was seeing on screen was not the right color. Hmm. And it took multiple emails with tech support and going through forums to find this one checkbox that was about color management. And I think it was because I had a custom profile because I had uh, calibrated my screen that it was even necessary. But essentially, it it went. From, I went from I'm super excited to play with this to by the time it was fixed, going on out on top of this crap. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. So, which is Thank unfortunate. You so, you know, maybe another time. But yeah. uh, you know, but I really like Final Cut. Uh, I really do. You know, I, this wasn't a topic I wanted to talk about necessarily, but um, I'll mention it briefly, and it's something we should hit in a future show. But you, I asked about what you're using for the motion graphics titles uh -huh. because what I've been doing for my stuff because I don't know After Effects at all. And Apple's motion is very powerful, but, and I know it a little bit, but I, it just seems to be difficult to do what I want to do. I right. just don't know it well enough to do that. So I've been using Keynote, Apple's Keynote. Oh, right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. You, uh, you did some really cool things for a couple of your, one of the, what was it? The, uh, the video that you were talking about. Gosh, remind me. What was it? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I watched all your videos. Yeah. <laughs> And now we know one. who Remember my that true one you fans did? are. I think it was that a Tuesday. One, I, did, I did a video once. That's right. And in that one video, you're probably referring to the Flickr one. The Flickr one. That's the exactly Flickr, what I was thinking Why of. you get Flickr. It, yeah. um, and I guess we'll have to link to that in the show notes down below in case no one's seen it. But that was probably the one that I did a big thing in Keynote first. Where I, re yeah, that was. Because I needed some motion graphics. And I'm going, I just, I have no idea how to do this stuff. 
And then I realized, oh my God, that's right. I can actually do this in Keynote. And I know Keynote really, really well. And I was able to do it. So I am planning a video. In fact, maybe that's a video I'll work on this week for uh, for the YouTube channel. That's but I am planning idea. a video on how to do these things in Keynote because it's it's quite awesome. Yeah. Well, I saw a video of somebody doing, asking Peter McKinnon or someone like that, how do you do those handwritten titles? And they do them in Keynote. And so- Oh, no, um, no, the handwritten ones, that wasn't Keynote, and that was Levi Allen, um, but okay. good job. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another video I didn't watch fully, <laughs> clearly. And I actually used his technique as well. The software that he's using was Procreate, and Procreate has a bunch of different brushes that you can, uh, if you've got the Apple Pencil, you just draw with the brushes and you get the full angle and pressure support and all that. And what he was doing was drawing white on black, or black on white, either way it works, and importing that and then running a difference mode and to lighten. I think if you have black background, white text, you run the lighten difference mode and the black just disappears and you have this perfect white text on it. And gotcha. I used that in the Flickr video as well. And huh. that gave me the, uh, the handwritten aspect of it where I needed that. But out of keynote, you can actually render a ProRes 4444 file with transparency. So you get flawless transparency. I'll be darn. Yeah. I guess I must've just blocked it out because Procreate sounds like something completely different than a drawing app. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought it was something I will. Else. Um, I will link to Levi's video in the show notes as well because that was That's a good, good one. And he's, you know, he's not the only one to do that, but his was the first video that I saw doing it, and it works super well. Uh, right. it, it looks very, very nice. It, where the that technique falls down is you can't do because you're doing a lighten mode, and I'm pretty sure it's lighten mode. I could be wrong on that, but you're using a blend mode to remove the black because you're doing that. There are limits to what you can draw because the lighten mode, the blend mode will remove, potentially remove some of your drawing. Right, right. So, yeah, and, and if you're using color, you have to be careful too. So Yeah, yeah. So that's... Indeed. Uh, so, so yeah, I'll right. do that. I, I got I to work on that that's video. Like idea. I said, maybe that'll be this week's video. Put that on the whiteboard. On the... um, Yes, yes. So uh, that's, that's the bit about titles. Um, so last week for me, I was in Seattle for a couple of days, well, one night. And I was there for a company party picnic thing that um, one of my clients does and invited me up to. So I went up for that. But while I was there, I had a meeting at Adobe where I did a presentation to the, I can't really say the Lightroom team. There were people from Lightroom and Photoshop and Camera Raw and, and syncing. But basically, they have this program where they will invite in some of their users to give a presentation on themselves, I suppose, is a lot of it because they were asking, oh, come in and tell us all about your photography. We want to know what kind of things you want to do. I'm like, yeah, no, um, if I'm going to have your <laughs> ear, I'm not going to talk about what I do. I'm going to talk about how I use your app um, and what I would love to see happen. Right. And it was really cool because it's not just the people that were in the room there in Seattle. It was also a team from San Jose calling in from San Francisco, from India. I think there was a German people on there. There's a, all over the world. And they record wow. it and people watch them later. And they were very, very interested in the tips and suggestions and things that I was making about how I'd like to see uh, certain areas in the app go and features I'd like to see enhanced and workflows I'd like to see improved. Nice. And it was a really neat experience to be able to do that and actually have the team there and they're listening. You know, they're actually listening and asking questions and, no, that's that's curious. So you do it that way. Why would you do it that way? And, and, uh, and so on. So it was a really great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've come a long way with the, uh, with 
as far as like Lightroom because you didn't used to use that. You were using Aperture, but then Aperture right. went poof. Aperture so, went up and a puff of smoke. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave them my whole history to begin with because I know some of the people in the room would have known who I was, but um, a lot of them, of course, would not. And so I gave them my history of going back to the Apple days of working on Aperture and how when I switched over to Lightroom Classic and then now to Lightroom CC and so on. Very cool. Yeah. And you've got a lot of videos about that on uh, on your channel there. So if anybody wants to tune in, they should check that out. I do. I do. Hey, you know what I think it's time to do? I think it's time to take a commercial break. And the you reason know, for that primarily is because there's a large truck parked outside that has decided to idle right outside my back door. Oh, well, I can't hear it, but uh, it's still annoying nonetheless. Well, I'm glad to hear that you can't, but let's make sure the audience can't either. And we'll be right back. Sounds good. The truck has finally left. Yay. Yay. It's like an oxygen tank delivery truck for my next door neighbor's business. And once a week it shows up and makes a lot of noise. Oh my goodness. We all need oxygen, I guess. Well, there is that. Hey, speaking of noise, um, you just made some noise. With, I did. Um, that actually <laughs> sounds really bad. Maybe we should restate that. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'll clear you out edited. in a second. <laughs> you, <laughs> hold on a minute. Um, it, we did spend the weekend camping. There's a lot of noise. Anyway, so the... You redid a, you did an edit, a re-edit, if you will, of two very popular movie trailers that just. Yes, came I out. did. Yeah. Uh, so the Top Gun uh, movie trailer, Top Gun Maverick, just dropped this last week, and as I was watching the beginning of it, I'm like, you know what? That looks a lot like another trailer that just dropped recently, uh, or three months ago, wherever it was. Um, it looks like the new Star Wars trailer, and so I was inclined to put them together and call it <laughs> Top Gun Wars. <laughs> it's awesome and i have just watched it and it's just too much fun so we will obviously be linking to that in the show notes down below but but i want to talk about a little bit about your process of doing that because not only did you do an excellent job of mixing the sound together from the two and it's not like you had original stems to work from all you could right. do is get the youtube download but yeah. you made the colors match really well. Yeah. Using DaVinci Resolve, I uh, I went in and had them side by side and just kind of matched the, the best I could. I could probably do a little bit more work in there. But um, Star Wars is very, very orange. And the Top Gun is very blue and and light. Um, almost overexposed a little bit. So mm. I had to work on That's the first thing I did is try to match those. And then I started cutting. And the cool thing is that the audio wasn't that hard because as the the fades come in and out for the you know the next scene mm -hmm. um things actually blended pretty darn well um in my choices and so it, it wasn't too difficult to, to match those there was a couple moments where i had to do a little bit of overlaying but um okay. the jet sound and the uh whatever that new tie fighter is and whoever's flying it sure. sounded kind of similar and, and i did drop in some of those sounds underneath the jet as well okay so yeah Nice. Yeah, no, so the color, since one was very orange, the other was quite blue, you said, did you pull one into the other or did you find a happy medium in between them and grade both of them? I don't oh know. I graded the Star Wars to the Top Gun one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what we're looking at is more the Top Gun color. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch the originals of the first yeah. two. Yeah. The sky's a little bit darker in the Star Wars, um, but... And I could have rotoscoped in, and but I didn't want to do that for every single clip. I I was like, yeah, I, I'm I'm bored with this this video that I'm working on because it's <laughs> economics, and I don't know how you can make that interesting. Maybe I should right. put some Star Wars into the economics. Just you lightsabers. Know. You can right, add exactly. lightsabers to anything; it'll make it better. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Right on. Well, cool. Cool. That was, that's neat. And for anybody watching that, it's a, I think that's a great or listening and watching. That's a great exercise actually to enhance your editing skills, to do something like that. It's, you know, it's so easy for us to have ideas of what we want to do, but then in practice, it's a lot harder when it comes to actually doing it. You know, you think, oh, I, I can totally color grade that. I know how to make it do that. I know how to make this shot look that way. And until you actually do it, you don't realize how hard it actually is. And in doing something like what you're doing here where you have an actual target, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to make this look cooler. And you cool it down and then you go, no, I guess it's cooler, but it may not have been what you intended. Right. But it's easy to just kind of move on. Uh, in this case, you're trying to match two things that were professionally graded to begin with. Right. And that is really a great way to enhance your skills. Yeah. And also cutting on movement because a couple of the scenes, the, the movement is going the opposite direction. So you ha I had to flip things around oh. um, as the jet comes in. It was actually going to the right, but okay. I made it go to the left because that big long shot as we're coming down into the, the valley bed of the, of the desert um, in Star Wars, if you cut to the Top Gun one, he was actually heading the other direction. And so I okay. had to flip that and just kind of make sure, you know, be mindful. And also when she starts running, you can actually see the TIE fighter. So I pushed into that so you couldn't see, uh, so, you know, lose the illusion of that. That's actually Maverick chasing her and not right. whoever's in that TIE fighter. We don't know yet. We don't know. That's really cool. No, that's great. I think that is a really, really good lesson in, in editing just to be able to do that, to take some footage like that and cut it together. And, and like you just did, you blended two things and it, takes real editing skill and real thought process and the sound design and everything else. And, you know, a lot of people, especially when they're first getting started, don't have access to really good footage. And this is a great way to get that. Right. Just pull like it off of YouTube. Pull it off of YouTube, re-edit something that's professionally done. Just try not to take credit for it or monetize it because <laughs> right, that exactly. won't end well for you. But, um, but yeah, great. Very, very cool. Indeed. So you were talking before the show about a new product that has hit the market. Right. Yeah. I think we talk a lot about DJI on this, uh, this podcast. They're always coming out with something. Um, we talked about the robot before, um, but they just dropped a new three axis gimbal called the Ronin SC. And I'm not sure what the C stands for unless it's compact, maybe because it's a little bit smaller, but they designed it specifically for mirrorless cameras. So if you have a GH4, GH5, uh, the new, um, uh, what is it? The Sony's Sony a7s, uh, which I've never even attempted to play with. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea is that it's lighter. They had some complaints that people were, you know, oh, I can't hold this up, you know, very long. I haven't had that problem. I actually have the Ronin S. I'm happy with it. Uh, okay. I use it to help out other people shoot weddings. I don't shoot weddings myself. I won't ever do that. Uh, I'll help people. <laughs> but I, I don't find that it's, you know, I mean, you're getting a shot and then you set it down if it's too heavy. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're doing something that is, you're shooting like I, an event that's a long event and you, you have to hold it, get a tripod. <laughs> right. why, why, why would you need a moving, a moving shot for 10 minutes or 15 minutes? That right, doesn't make sense right. to me. So that gripe, um, I don't see, but I have seen people that I was, I was actually watching your buddy, Max. Um, I say, buddy, <laughs> watch that video. Um, the, he, he had some complaints about it. He was, he was saying that out of the box, it doesn't, work great. You have to go in and, and create the settings. Mm. And to that, I would say, well, wouldn't you want to do that with your camera as well? You can't just sure. use your camera sure. out of the box and think you're going to get the best shot. You have to go in and create the settings and, and set it up the way you want it. He was comparing it to the Crane 2, which I believe is a smaller version. It can actually hold more weight than the Ronin SC. Um, but also I've seen people that are 
Well, that's a good lesson in moving the trackpad away once we start recording. I accidentally hit stop. Cut you off mid-sentence. You were saying, my friend. I was saying that people are putting uh, big lenses on the front, and so they have to push the camera back, and then it's it's bumping against the the turnbuckle on the on the back. And so my question is, if it's for mirrorless cameras, the whole point of mirrorless cameras, at least one of them is, you can get better better focal lengths with smaller lenses like you know the the lumix lenses are amazing they're super small sure. and they don't weigh that much but you can still get a lot out of them right and right. so that's my confusion of people complaining about you know they're trying to put the sigma 18 to 35 which is a fat lens and they're complaining that they have to shift it back to balance I'm like get a smaller lens it's for the it's for the mirrorless so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you know some of these gripes that people are saying um that don't make sense to me but Will I get one of these? I don't think I need to. However, there is one feature that is super cool. And that is you can set your phone to track a subject. And as you move your phone around, it will move the gimbal to track whatever that is. So you, let's say you've, you've got your little boy running around and you track him with your phone. As you follow him with your phone, the gimbal as it's sitting on the counter or a tripod will follow along with your phone. So you're not even the camera. Whoa. Okay. So the gimbal could be sitting on its little three-legged tripod mm -hmm. on a table and you're mm -hmm. sitting somewhere else right. pointing the phone at the subject exactly. and it tracks what you're pointing at. Exactly. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So there's, there's more expensive versions of that where people you know, like wear a headband and you've got this, um, the transceiver on your head. And so whatever you're looking at, you actually turn your head and you can turn the gimbal. Those are for some bigger gimbals like the Movi and the, um, the Ronin, the big Ronins. Hmm. But this, you can actually even mount, the, it comes with a phone mount that you can put on the top of your camera in a cold shoe. And so you track with the subject. So you don't even have to hold the phone. You just mount the phone on top of the camera and whatever the, the phone is tracking, the camera, the gimbal will follow along and, and go around 360 degrees. So, so is there a, when you're saying tracking, is it like a lock on kind of a thing where you tap on a subject on the phone screen and mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, so as long as it's about, within view. Think about your drone. When you when you uh, highlight a square over someone and you say, okay, right. track this person at a certain distance, um, that's the technology that they put into the Ronin. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Well, suddenly it's a lot more interesting. Cool. Yeah, I know. I'm like, hmm. And the price is 439 So if you don't have a gimbal and you, let's say you even have your phone um, and you want to do some amazing stuff, you can even, you know, put your phone on here. But I, I feel like, the the cool benefit is the fact that it, you can put a small DSLR mirrorless camera on it, smaller lens, obviously people, and mm -hmm. then the cool part is is the tracking. But is it worth the four thirty nine to get everything in that feature? If you don't have a mm -hmm. gimbal, maybe it's worth it. Sure, I don't know. The tracking thing is pretty awesome. That sounds like a for someone who's not particularly good at the gimbal, as I'm not, because I, I just don't use it that much. And whenever I do, I always feel like I'm kind of battling against it, trying to get it to yeah. shoot what I really want it to. This sounds like an easy way to kind of cheat your way around that. Yeah, the guy uh, Farouk, he uh, he did some testing with it up at the the big museum in in Los Angeles. A lot of people standing around, and he tracked his wife or his subject, I would say, um, through people. Like in between, wow. she would walk behind people, and it held her pretty darn well. I mean, interesting, pretty pretty good considering, you know. So the technology is is just mind blowing to me. No doubt. Okay, we'll definitely link to all of these in the show notes because that uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. 
Yeah. I have to check them out. I haven't seen those videos you're talking about. Now, does it, I'm looking at the product page on the DJI website. Mm-hmm. It has, at minimum, it's something that's propping up the lens. Does it do focus control as well? So you can get a, um, a focus puller. Uh, I think it comes with that if you want to do, um, if you want to do the add-on. I think there's a couple different okay. versions you can get. Right. Yeah, this little thing on here, this little Y-shaped dealio looks like it might just be for support because it's pretty small. Um, but that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it also has for... locking locking uh, arms as well, which mine doesn't. And so when you're setting it up, you can actually lock. And, and it basically, it's supposed to make, make the balancing much quicker. Mm. Uh, the fact that you can lock certain arms, get one arm balanced, and then move to the next one, which is nice. And also, when you're carrying it around um, and disengaged, uh, it's just not flopping around. That's the issue that I have with the big yeah, Ronin. It, it makes sense. So, yeah. I wonder at what point, because the gimbal that I have, I don't remember the brand of it now, but it's not a DJI one. Uh, it, it's it's pretty good, and it doesn't take me a long time to get set up and get balanced. But every time I do it, I do think there's got to be a better way. And I know that this has gotten a lot better over the years. But why is it that these aren't completely automated? It would seem to me that you should be able to lock the camera into a position, and it will go through its cycle and just completely move. I mean, I guess you'd have to have a motorized plate that can shift the camera back and forth side to side. Right. But that doesn't seem like that's God, that that out of brilliant. the realm of possibility. And then, yeah, you wouldn't, you could get a perfect balance every time, recalibrate it constantly, and you would know that it was right. Like when I get mine set up, I always feel like I'm compromising. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, oh, it's leaning a little bit forward, but if I move it a micrometer back, it's leaning a little bit back. And well, gee, do I need to change this axis to compensate for that? Yeah. Um, it, yeah, automating the whole thing would be, would be nice. Oh my God. Well, now that you said it, it's going to happen now. Right. Well, good. That's all I need. That with all of my... our listeners that we have, somebody's going to take that idea and run with it. Yeah. Something tells me that, um, it's not exactly an original idea to have this thing <laughs> auto calibrate, but, but I would like that. That would be nice. Yeah. One of the cool things is people are now buying just the iPhone or the, I will say phone holder because the way that they've designed it, it grips it really well, but it leaves a little space in there. So it won't uh, dial 911 accidentally or shut your phone off or shut off the screen. Mm. They've been, so you, can, you can actually balance that uh, a certain way that, um, you know, because that's, that's annoying when you get those sure. iPhone things, and you click and all of a sudden your phone's off. Right. The, the strive to have a edge what do you call it um bezel-less phone yeah. does mean that anything touching the sides of it can trigger it so right yeah. i think one last gripe i would say uh i haven't had to deal with this but I, I have dealt with this with other dji products is you have to sign into the app to be able to use the product mm. that's annoying even if it's a, just a ronin like this to put your camera on it to like to sync the app to make any changes or controls you have to go into the app with your account if, or create one if you don't have one before you use it. And I, that's silly to me. Yeah. But, no, not to be, not to be too Orwellian about it, but it is a Chinese company and, um, you know, they, they want our data. Right. I'm sure that has something to do with it. Much like that face app. Did you make yourself old? I did not. I was terrified Good of that thing from you. the very beginning. Good for you. Neither did I. Did I did not do that. No. Yeah. That was, it, I mean, I might be getting part of the story wrong. I didn't read a whole lot into it, but it seemed like uh, it didn't take very long before pretty much everybody on earth had made themselves look old. And then a couple of days later, someone figured out that all this data was going back to St. Petersburg. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Not clever. No, I was, I was like people, well, for one, I was getting super annoyed. <laughs> like, I don't care to look at you 30 years from now. 
you know, you're not, you're not that good of a friend. I mean, I can't call you and help. <laughs> have you come help me move? We're, we're friends, quote unquote, on Facebook. But Jesus, I was getting tired of that. So, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And we just talked about it on our last podcast, the whole deep fake you right. know, technology and all that stuff. And I'm we like, did. this is it. This is your, this is it. they're yeah. totally logging everybody's face. Yep. So huge amount of data. Right. Yeah. And I, I didn't even need to do mine. My wife pointed out that um, if I want to know what I'll look like in 30 years, all I have to do is go <laughs> call my dad and basically <laughs> twins. So that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife is go. always the voice of reason. Thank God. This is true. She's around. She's like, mm, I don't know about that. You really want to do that? You're like, yeah, she Jedi yeah. mind tricks you all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that she does. And she's Indeed. good at that. Thank you, honey. So she might be wife. listening. My wife's so good. I wasn't going to move to Ashland until she Jedi mind tricked me into coming back. And here I've been back for five years already. And you love it. Yep. I'm loving it. Loving it. That's place. what she tells me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, my friend. Shall well, we wrap this thing up? Yeah. All right. Well, this is going to be another packed week full of, uh, full of activity and action and fun stuff. So I look forward to next week catching up again. All right. Sounds good. Talk soon. Later.